Hi, I'm Gordon. And I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee, Scotland, and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. Our goal here is growing people to bring Christ into our communities and to see you get connected with God, His people, and His purpose. We hope this message inspires you in your faith journey. Thank you. I want to preach a message this morning called, This is a Move. This is a move. This is the final kind of part of our series on movement. We've had four. This is part five. And I encourage you to go and check the podcast out. Sorry, a bit croaky this morning. Too many harmonies and trying to hit notes that I just aren't in there, really. <laughs> part five of our series. And this morning, I want to finish it off. This is a move. This is a move. And hopefully that makes sense by the end of... 28 minutes and 48 seconds, hopefully. But who am, um, by way of, way of starting off this morning, because I don't want you to go to sleep and, and I'll get pretty boring, but who likes movies? Who loves like a good film or a good series? Who, who likes going to the cinema? Yeah, and, and husbands, do you take your wives to the cinema to go and see the movies maybe that you don't want to see? And if you do, do you admit it to other people? Come and find me after and just, just tell me how, give me some wisdom on that. Um, but I want to show a clip from a movie that I absolutely love. It's not a new movie. You might have seen it. You may not have done it. It's called, called The Guardian. And a bit of context to, to what I'm going to show, just a short clip. But the movie is about the U.S. Coast Guard swimmers. And their role, their job is to go out to fishermen, to seamen who have got caught up in a storm or, or something's gone wrong with their ship. And they go out to rescue. Their job is to go and find those who are in trouble and rescue them and bring them back. We find in this clip a young book by the name of Jake Fisher. Fresh out of high school, swimming, medals galore. And the legend that goes by the name Randall, Ben Randall. And he's a legend of the game. And he's come to this school to try and train up some new uh, recruits ready to send them. So if we're ready, we're going to watch this clip and hopefully it makes some sense. If you've not seen the movie, it's no spoiler alerts too much, go and check it out. If you've seen the movie, you kind of understand maybe where I'm going with this. But Mr. Fisher, he's, he's a good swimmer. He, he's set the records in, in his high school team and he's come to train, but he's missed the point. And he's all about how good he looks and how fast he can swim. And, and Randall, the teacher, he's had enough. And he wants to teach this guy a wee lesson with record day. And so they're in the pool and he begins to break the records. And, and the records that Randall actually set himself years and years before. And if you didn't pick up on the sarcasm of Coach Randall, I don't think he's too impressed with Fisher because his pride has blinded him. His pride has got in the way of the mission and the purpose of why he is here. He even said to him, he said, someone's more bothered about records than they are saving lives. And you see the US Coast Guard, they've got two philosophies or mantras, if you want to use that word. And number one is this, always ready. Always ready. And number two is this, we have to go. We do not have to come back. We have to go 
We do not have to come back. We have to go. We do not have to come back. What does it look like when a church of Jesus followers grasp that we have to go, but we do not have to come back? We have to go to the ends of the earth. We have to seek and save the lost. We do not have to come back. And I will preach this message till I'm, thank you, till I have no voice, till I'm crying and sweating because I'm passionate about this. We have to go. We don't have to come back. My question then is what does that look like for us? What has this got to do with John 16 this morning? John 16 is sandwiched between 15 and 17. I've got my master's GCSE. And, and Jesus is basically prophesying of the things to come when the Holy Spirit's going to come. He's speaking to his disciples and he's preparing them. And in John 15, we have with the highlight of, I am the vine, remain in me. And Jesus is saying, hey, apart from me, you've, you're powerless. You can do nothing. And John 17, he goes on to pray his final prayer. And do you know what's like really cool? Jesus prayed for you, prayed for me. In 2020, he said that, John 17, I pray for my believers, I pray for my church, that they would be really comfortable, they'd enjoy each other's company, they'd not grow too big, they'd just sing songs they like, they'd have a holy huddle, oh, I'm going there this morning. No, he said, I pray that they would let the world know of the love of the Father for me and my love for my people. This is not about evangelism this morning, church. I know where he's going. Got a message on evangelism this morning. Okay, maybe I am, but the problem is when we start talking about unboxing evangelism, we start calling it a gift, and we start calling it a calling. That's not my gift. That's not my calling. I'm sorry. It's going to get really uncomfortable this morning because I believe it's a purpose, and I believe it's a mission, and I believe that the Son of God who came down for you and saved you sends you. And if you're new this morning and you're not quite sure what's going on, that's okay. But know this, that the Son of God came to you. We're not here for religion. There's nothing you can do to get to heaven on your own back. So Jesus came to you. He came to earth, and he finished his mission. But he didn't just stay. He went. He made way. He ascended. It means he went up to heaven, and he sent his Holy Spirit. We are a Holy Spirit-filled, Bible-preaching, healing, believing, tongue-speaking community here at the gate. No apologies. This is not about doctrine or theology this morning. This is about a broken, lost world, and we have the power in us to do something about it. Quick little Trinity theology lesson this morning. The Father, he initiates. He said in Genesis, let there be light. Jesus, see, his role, he came to earth and he came to proclaim. And he said, I am the light of the world. And then he goes and he passes on. He says, the spirit and the spirit, you know what he does? He executes and he says, you are the light of the world. Go and bind up the broken. Go and heal. Go and save the lost. Go and change the world. That's what we believe here at Gate Church International. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, says, go make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Come on, church, you're with me this morning. It's not a good idea, an optional extra, a polite invitation maybe. It's a great commission, it's a command to go. 
I love what it says in Proverbs 3.27. It says, do not withhold good when it is in your power to act. How are we doing with that? When it comes to leaving this building this afternoon, spirit-filled, how are we doing with that proverb? With encouraging our friends, sending that text message, buying somebody a coffee, reconciling a relationship, standing for what's right, giving to the poor, all this. The message version says, you are God's hand to that person in that moment. That's what it means to be spirit-filled, to put hands and feet on our faith. This is a move. You know your bones, your skeleton, you know, when they sometimes start to deteriorate, there's this, this condition called osteoporosis. And there's a few things that can set, onset this and, and cause that. I'm not going into that. But you know one of the, 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 the treatments and one of the things that a doctor will say is to actually go and impact your bones, to actually go for a run and create impacts. Do you know why? Because when your bones impact, it releases the calcium and the proteins and it activates the bone marrow to strengthen up your bones. Church, we are made for impact. We are made to come into contact with other human beings that we would be strengthened, that the body, the skeleton would be strong and we would impact the world. Jesus, son of God, healing, raising the dead, it's better that I go. I don't blame the disciples for going, what? Hang on a second. You've only been, well, you've been here 33 years, but we've only been with you for three. We're just getting started. You're going to rebuild the temple, and now you're going. Yep. Better that I go. That this, the paraclete, the helper, the advocate, the comforter would come. I just wonder if tomorrow we didn't have the Holy Spirit. We were still in Jesus' time, and he can only be in one place at once. How would that go? And that hit me this week, because quite frankly, there's been weeks between Sunday to Sunday where if I didn't have the Holy Spirit, I probably would have been fine. And that I'm not fine, but that actually is better that the Holy Spirit is in all of us than just Jesus in one place. But I wonder if sometimes we've got caught comfortable, and actually if Jesus was just in one place this week we'd be fine. It was better that he went to make way that we would be spirit-filled, spirit-led, spirit-dependent. I absolutely need the Holy Spirit tomorrow morning. I absolutely need the Holy Spirit in my job when I'm driving my car because I don't pay attention. <laughs> Jesus rebuked his disciples in John 16. He said, you're grieving. You're grieving because I'm going because you've missed it. And you know, we're all guilty of that. When church is over, do we leave this place kind of grieving? That sense of, oh, it's over. Or do we leave that place filled, fired up, ready to go? Like this is our training ground and that's the battlefield. What is it? Are we grieving like the Holy Spirits, uh, like the disciples? Or are we going and sent, ready? It's the gift that we are to give. Matthew said, freely you have received, freely give, give. You've been entrusted, not entitled. You've been entrusted, not entitled. Entrustment means I take up my cross and I go. Entitlement means 
just come to me and make me comfortable and serve me. And entrustment means I'm going. I'm going. I understand that the Holy Spirit is in me. And Jesus has gone and said to his 12, you go. And the 12 went to 120 and the 120 went to thousands. We are entrusted. Church should be like the fuel we put in our car. It only makes sense if we ignite it. If some of us, me included, we come in this place and our tanks, quite frankly, are still three quarters full. We should come in this place on a Sunday battered, broken, empty, needing a move of the Holy Spirit, needing the guys to lead us because we're not strong enough to lead ourselves, needing that, that we would go again. Not coming in here like, well, I'll take it or leave it. Got to ignite it. Are we growing? Are we a church that's taking up that mantle and going to the ends of the earth? Because you know, if, if it's just us and the empty seats beside you stay empty, then we give up right now. This costs time, sweat, effort, money. This doesn't grow. Jesus said, it's not growing. Cut it off. You only have to look around you, church. And, and, and I promise you, this is me preaching from a place of like, the Holy Spirit is sending me some places that, and conversations I do not want to go. But a place of looking at Kobe Bryant and his daughter. Yeah, I know he's a celebrity. I've never met him. He's thousands. Of, but it takes a pretty hard-hearted human being not to look at that story and burst into tears. Maybe I'm just a bit emotionally unstable. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like seeing a legend... A legend who had it all together, who, who was so good at what he did, and his daughter, gone. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Just this week on my social media, I've seen someone who lost a newborn baby. I've seen a marriage of just two years ending divorce. I've seen someone attempt to take their life for suicide from depression. Look around you, church. Look around you. We have to go. We have to go. This is a move. No one else is coming. Yes, I know, theologically, Jesus is coming back. Stay with me a minute, but no one else is coming in that. It's on us. It's on you. It's on me. Not in a pressure, you've got to do it. No, in a way that we carry it and we let the Holy Spirit do what only he and he alone can do. Desperately running out of time, but I've got some things to write down this morning. I might leave some out. This as a move means this. Number one, having the right to wake up every morning with purpose. Being a Jesus person is amazing because, you know, it's so personal. That if you were the only person left on the planet, Jesus would die for you. But yet, we have all this in common across the globe. It's this brilliant kind of tension of, of it's personal, it's for you, and yet it's collective. And I don't know what you're going through right now. If waking up in the morning is difficult because of depression or a circumstance or an illness, and actually getting out of bed is a real challenge. I have no excuses, but getting out of bed in the morning between me and my wife brings us close to like, please pray for our marriage. Mrs. Huggin is the queen of the snooze, and Mr. Huggin is just a lazy ass. Honestly, we've just, we're nearly late for work every day because none of us are morning people. It's a gift of the spirit, being a morning person. I'm telling you now. It's in the message. <laughs> I don't know where you come from your education, your skill set, whether you feel like you've got something to give, you've got a purpose because you are a son 
and a daughter of the king. You have been saved and set free. You have a right to wake up in the morning with purpose and go, I don't know what today brings, but I'm going to go. I'm going to be a move of God. Wake up in the morning with purpose. You have a, God has a word for you to take and give, to a mission, a message. He has a word for you to encourage, absolutely. He's the comforter, absolutely. But he has one for you to go and give. Number two, this is a move means activating the anointing. Activating the anointing. Anointing is this word we use in church, and sometimes we don't fully grasp, understand what it means. But in the Old Testament, the anointing came through a prophet or a man of God who would anoint the next King David with the oil. The anointing now for us means being filled with the Holy Spirit, being sealed. Our salvation secured and the Holy Spirit in us anointed. And it means that we can go out and we can pray for the sick and we can heal and we can pray in tongues, we can worship, we can experience the presence of God because of the anointing, because of the Holy Spirit. We can see the signs and wonders. And the great news is that it's not us that's saving. It's not us that's healing. It's the Holy Spirit. Our job is to create and host an opportunity and a moment for the Holy Spirit to do something. Stay in your lane. But you've got to activate it. You know, you know muscles, you're going to get in a lot of sports science this morning. There's two definitions in sports science that you learn. Muscle atrophy, muscle hypertrophy. Hypertrophy is good. It means growth. Muscle atrophy is bad. It means that it depletes, it gets smaller. The gifts of the spirit are like muscle that needs to be exercised and needs to be used in order for it to grow. You know, and the secret to kind of seeing the sick healed and, and going and preaching the gospel and all, all that is just to keep trying it, keep doing it, keep failing, sometimes falling. Just go, activate that anointing. Don't just sit on it, just praying. Send me, please. Holy Spirit, fill me. You've got to activate it. It's got to, we've got to move on it. Practice being in the presence this week, definitely. And then go out. Maybe go and download or listen or read some books about hearing from God. Absolutely, there's lots of practical advice and help and wisdom. But more than anything, just act. Have a go. Have a go. What's the worst that can happen? Inviting someone to church and they say no. Or even worse, they say yes. It's true. It's true. I think the biggest reason we don't always pray for people or ask them to church is we're not scared of them saying no. We're actually scared that they will turn up and see what you do on a Sunday, see all of this and go, oh my goodness. You know I'm speaking truth because that's where I'm at. Like, do I invite him to see me? Like, uh, doesn't maybe match up with how I live my life in the week? Activate. The anointing, number three, means to maximize, to multiply. Jesus said, be alert. Be ready, know the time you are in. To multiply, to grow this thing, we have to pass it on. We have to all go. Addition just happens one at a time. Addition is us going out and lone rangers, just doing our own little thing. But multiplication, that's when we come together and we go with the purpose, we go with the mission. We work together. We go into a city 
And people who've heard from like one Christian in a day start to hear from three or four Christians in a day. That's multiplication. You have to maximize though every opportunity that comes. I love in Acts 4 when Peter and John are on the way to church. On the way to the, to the church. And, and there's a beggar. And he's like, hey bro, give me some money. And Peter and John are like, I ain't got any. But what I do have, oh, I'll give you that. I'll heal you. I'll give you the Holy Spirit. You have something to give. Whether you feel empty, broken, whether you're in a season of difficulty, you have something to give that the Holy Spirit wants to put inside of you. But you have to maximize every opportunity. Waking up, ready. Might mean buying a coffee for someone behind you in the queue. Might mean praying for someone. This week, it might mean speaking to a homeless person and just learning their name. Don't over-spiritualize this sometimes, church. Sometimes, you know, the simple acts of kindness, simply loving people for where they're at is huge. You know, the church has a massive PR problem. Think about it. Not to, to, to be too futile or heretic, but we have the greatest product there is. Like, come with me a minute. I know some of you are like, it just called salvation a product. Think about it. We've got the greatest message of hope, of salvation, of joy that there is. And yet, there was more people in Tanadice yesterday. And even worse, Den's Road. <laughs> I'm not even a football fan, so. <laughs> don't even get me onto Anfield. But seriously, the global church must have a PR problem because we've got empty seats. And I'm not getting anyone like it's a difficult fight out there. But here's something that has really hit me is people are just wanting to be listened to, just want their name to be learned. We can argue to a blue and black in the face about a homeless person, how we can actually help them, whether to give them money, whether not, whether to buy them. You know, just go and say, hey, I'm Simon. Hey, I'm George. Hey, I'm Bob. What's your name? You know, when they speak out their name and there's that, that's, that's, that's what God called him ultimately or her learn a name listen because you know when we listen to people and what they have to say it's the soil that makes way for us to say what we might have to say and that's difficult because because I'm talking about going so you're like I'm pumped I'm ready and then I'm like hey listen <laughs> I get the kind of tension but we need to listen maximizing every opportunity making every moment count I'm going to skip that one. Moving on. I'll email you the notes. Is everyone still awake? You still with me this morning? Did the person next to you sing today? Were they any good? Don't answer that question too loud. I'm going to have a sip of this sparkling water. Scottish. Finally filtered. Any rugby fans in the house? What a horrible game of rugby that was yesterday. The Lord was with the men in white, though. Hallelujah. We're going after the Irish next week, two weeks' time. Praise the Lord. Number five, this is a move, means being a miracle, even while you wait for your own. Wow. I get this. I'm not being cruel or angry here, church. You probably sat there, some of you. And you're like, he's talking about going, and I barely got the energy to come in. Barely got the strength to come in this morning. Do you know my kids are kicking off? 
My marriage is on the ropes. My relationship with my mother and father's broken. This addiction's got me, and you want me to go? Yeah, <laughs> because I believe that when you go and give, it activates your faith. And when you go and be somebody's miracle, that might mean praying for someone to break through the breakthrough you're waiting for, right? And you're like, really now, God? Really now, Holy Spirit? Yeah, but when you see God come through, it strengthens your faith. And you know, while you wait and you're active and then God comes through because he will and he's the God of breakthrough and he's always working, what a testimony to say, you know what? I had to pray for somebody who was waiting for a baby and I was waiting. But you know what? Look at our children growing up in church and the Holy Spirit told me to go and do that and it was really hard. But look, look at what God did. In John 16, why did the Father, why did the Son, Jesus, why was he sending the Holy Spirit to what? To bring glory to the Father, the gifts of the Spirit should always point to Jesus. Being somebody's miracle might mean buying them a coffee, having a conversation. It might mean praying for them sometimes. It'll hurt. Something in your soul will come alive. But God will just go, I'm going to repay you for that. So your cup overflows. I love the story of Ruth in the Old Testament, where, where Ruth loses her husband, Naomi loses her son and her husband grieving together and Ruth's like just get out my hand uh, Naomi's like go and Ruth's like I'm staying I will be your miracle right now and we know the end of the story if you've read some of your Bibles a guy called Boaz and he's the kinsman redeemer of that family and restores it and their miracle came right be someone's miracle while you wait for yours and, and what does that point to Jesus our kinsman redeemer who came and saved us and restored us and gave us a name in his book and wrote on his palm of his hands so we can go and be a miracle while we wait for ours i'm not diminishing what you're going through right now i really am not but this week it'll help you just to fix your eyes on Jesus to take your eyes off the storm and on the one who's going to bring you through Band, get yourself up here. I need to shut the heck up. Number six, this is a move. It means going out when you've come in. One of the dangers, if we could use that word, of being like a charismatic church is that we enjoy the outworking of the Holy Spirit through worship through tongues, through prophecy, through healing. We, and that, that, in a sense, is not wrong, but we become a little bit self-absorbed, a bit spiritually fat, a little bit me, myself, and I. And we never leave the presence of God changed. We come into the presence of God, but actually we don't put wheels in motion. Sometimes we come to kind of get rather than what can I give. Even if you're not on any rotor or any team, you can walk through that door with something to give. A hello, a how you doing? Can I help you down the stairs? Can I, can I? And I absolute guarantee, and the Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive, but I absolute guarantee that when you give and you serve, you will leave this place more overflowing, more filled than you could ever come in this place and get for yourself. Test me on this. Next week, just try and say hello to three people. Help someone and tell me how you feel. Because that's what the kingdom of God set up like. That we would go and be activated. That the gift of the Holy Spirit would work through us. All the gifts 
we see and we absolutely believe in them and we absolutely need them. Jesus in John 16 said, the Holy Spirit will help you to tell and see of things to come, prophecy. But I believe that the greatest manifestation of the gift of the Holy Spirit working is how we love our neighbor, is who we're bringing to church in the conversations we're having in the week. That is the greatest sign of the kingdom of God advancing. Just look at Acts. And this is where I wanna finish this morning. I'm gonna get a story up from Genesis 11. We're gonna go back just for a minute. Guys might have it, I don't know. Genesis 11, after Noah. So God's flooded the earth, wiped out most of mankind except the ones in the ark. And he sends them out and they scatter and they fill the earth. Well, the people of God start to come together and they start to get a little bit comfortable and they start to enjoy each other's company and worshiping and doesn't this feel brilliant? And God looks and says, that's not my purpose for mankind. That's not why I bring you together. And what does he say? He says, so the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it's called Babel, Babel, wherever you want to go with that, because the Lord confused their language of the whole world and the Lord scattered them over the face of the earth. They were trying to build like this tower to, to get to God. I just want to be closer to God, me and Jesus. And God says, that's not the plan. So he scatters them. But, but don't you love God's grace and mercy? Because go to Acts 2, Acts 2. I promise I'm nearly done. Acts 2, the day of Pentecost, the giving of the Holy Spirit, fully come like a rushing wind. And they were all together in one place, the disciples. Jesus said to them in John 16, he said, wait, wait, wait. So they waited. And the Holy Spirit moves and it comes like a rushing wind. And they, they begin to what? Speak in tongues. Brilliant. Praying in tongues. I need it. My prayer life needs praying in tongues. But let's just remember that the, the, the true outworking of that is that God can work through us. And it says this, the people began to pray in tongues and those who were far off and wide, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Why? Because each one of them heard their own language being spoken. And what did they hear? Go down to verse 11 if we can. What did they hear? Verse 11 if we can. We hear them what? Declaring the wonders of God. Declaring how good our God is for what he's done. Are we going to be scattered like the Tower of Babel because we're getting comfortable? Are we going to go and be sent by the Holy Spirit to a broken, dying world? And we've got something to give. I don't want to be a church that God comes and scatters. I want to be a church that God brings us together and the Holy Spirit moves inside of us and He sends us out there that these empty seats are filled in the name of Jesus. Why don't you jump to your feet and we're going to worship, we're going to sing.